0: Welcome to Simple Theology.
1: Happy Independence Day.
0: Happy Fourth of July. Yeah, but we're a podcast that connects theology to everyday life by everyday examining various doctrines
1: of the Christian faith. Simple. I'm Robert Kane. I'm a patriot, Rick Grumlik. That a boy. Okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's Wednesday and uh, July. 3rd. Not that I'm not. Proud of our Tomorrow country. is Independence I didn't re- Day. Sure, what you're saying. July 4th, and we're excited to. Uh, Tomorrow's Independence Day. Well, I mean, when they listen to this, yeah. If they listen to it on the day it drops, Wednesday, July 3rd, then okay. that's what I said. Um, so anyway, we're going to talk a little bit about just some social happenings regarding politics in our society, Ooh. and we're going to talk about, um, stab a little here and there, really no show prep, so we're kind of... We've got no notes. We're kind of winging it. No um, notes. So anyway, uh, welcome to the episode. We're glad you're here. Rob, take it away.
0: I don't know. I don't really <laughs> don't know where we're going here, but anyway...
1: No, so I think it'd be good, a couple things, we're going to talk about what, what it means as Christians to be um, patriotic. Um, in the next episode, which drops after this one, we talk about Christ as king, and we talk a little bit about his kingdom, and there's this confusion for a lot of Christians that were Americans first, and were Christians, um, but it's like, if if you could like envision a skyscraper, like on the top floor, right, we, we are... Um, Christians follow followers of Christ in His kingdom, and then on like the fifth floor, we're Christians. There's about eighty floors in between. There's I mean, mm. a, a big gap, and then and then we're, um, you know, whatever identity things you want to put in under that, around that. But first and foremost, our identity, our citizen, citizenship, is in the kingdom of God.
0: Okay, so where's the Christian floor?
1: Mm. It's like, what ninety, I think.
0: Are you saying that that's, a, that's the top floor? Mm-hmm.
1: Like that's your number one identity.
0: So that's not floor number one.
1: No, it's that's, the highest that's one. That's the 90th. It's the highest one. It's so m- it's not your foundation. It's the most prominent one.
0: It's it's like after everything else.
1: It's on top of everything that's else. That's what you're saying? It's above everything else. <laughs>
0: Claire. Claire. That illustration could be used either way.
1: <laughs> it could be. So,
0: yeah, exactly. But if um, you're like what, Rob, what, like you're, you put it in the basement. <laughs> No, I'm just
1: no. Clarifying, clarifying that there should be good and clear distance between your identity as a Christian and your other identities uh, as an American or a conservative or a liberal. And this is, it gets so messed up, and we're going to talk about this in a minute, but you see Christians who fight over like these lower, way lower tier issues, like maybe social, um, social Gospel. services. Well, that, but I mean like, you know, welfare and all those things, which are good and right, we need to have those conversations, or gun rights, good, right, we need to have those conversations. But those don't trump the love one another that Christ commanded his church. Mm -hmm. But we get those out of order. Um, And part of that is because as Americans, so much of our identity is tied up between our religions and politics, which most countries, um, Christians anyway, have not had that either luxury or that, um, what's the word? It's not really like a... I'm not sure. Well, it, it is a luxury in a sense because we have the freedoms we have. Yeah. But it's also done us harm in a sense because people confuse their identities between being a Christian and being a, you know, conservative American.
0: Yeah, exactly. There's things in because the moral, what was it, the moral right mm-hmm. during the 50s, 60s, uh maybe in 70s, 70s, but what they're saying is that like oh yeah, like because we're moral because we um agree that um, XYZ is good mm-hmm. that is in line with Christian with Christians and so therefore Christians are a part of the moral right and so therefore right. Christian equals Republican yeah um, And now that we're talking about politics this episode, but I mean I, I've heard several people say that we have as Christians mm-hmm. we the the truth of the matter is that we have more in common with the Middle Eastern person who, whose culture looks completely different than ours, mm-hmm. whose apparel looks completely different than ours, whose mm-hmm. uh, diet, whose music preferences look completely different than ours, yeah. who is a Christian, yeah. we have more in common with that individual than we do our neighbor who is yeah. not a Christian.
1: Yep. Which, when when you say that, most people would, they would, they would maybe assent to that intellectually or agree with you that intellectually, but they would, if they're honest, like think there's no way. There's no way I have yeah. more in common. Right. Point being... You care more about the culture you're in adapting to those things than being set apart unto Christ
0: yes, yes so I want to ask you a question here and me or the listeners you, you Rick, and this is like it, it yeah we can haha about it and, and it's funny, but like as a it's a genuine question okay so you're you're planting a church right now mm-hmm. you guys are still working through all kinds of various different aspects what that's going to look like um, something that's popular yes. with uh, it tends to be more traditional churches, uh, and when I say traditional, just older churches. Um, oftentimes, many of the many of the churches that um, as would associate themselves with the Republican Party simply because that's how it's been historically. But A lot of, when it comes Baptist churches, yeah. So, so what, what I'm talking about is having the American flag on, mm-hmm. on the stage. On the platform, yeah. On the platform, stage, whatever you want to call it. And, and oftentimes right. yeah. oftentimes they have it right next to like the, the quote-unquote Christian flag. Yeah. Um, do you guys plan on incorporating that? Or do you guys plan on having an American flag on stage, on we the platform? Will, we will
1: always make sure that the American flag is two inches um, higher than the American flag. <laughs> than the Christian flag? <laughs> yes. So we will never, um, I shouldn't say never, I have no plans. I mean, for what, I didn't grow up in a church for the most part, that had flags up. Spent a little bit of time in church that did, but most of my experience was not with flags in church. Okay. So, uh, you me to answer the question or no?
0: Okay. Yeah. I was going to flesh it out more for your sake, but oh, go flesh ahead. Flesh
1: it out for my sake. <laughs> so you're saying no.
0: It sounds well, like I haven't got to that part yet. Okay, go so ahead. you want to flesh I'll, it out? I'll wait. I'll, or, wait. Okay. I'll wait. I'll be patient. So because I didn't okay, grow so. up <laughs> in it,
1: because I didn't grow up with those things, they're not. There's no like sentimental value. Um, there's not like nostalgia or, or any kind of like positive emotion tied to that. But it, it just brings confusion. Like when you walk, I think, for in most what people, way? you walk into a church and you see flags on the stage and the platform, you're like, why is it like? is this a, some kind of rally or like, are we going to say the Pledge of Allegiance at some point or, you know, is, this isn't a school, this isn't a civil building. This isn't places where you typically see a, a flag kind of elevated. So I just think they're confusing American and Christian. Cause most people don't know what the Christian flag is. Yeah. And, um, not to get kind of, you know, goofy, but every, every person there who's, who's a believer should be displaying, um, via their lifestyle their language their interaction that they are what they're a part of so their lifestyle their interaction should metaphorically be like a flag right waving in the wind <laughs> for all to see <laughs> <laughs> but it should be a testament to who who these people belong to what kingdom they're a part of yes. um and i think with the christian flag or with the american flag as a white um, midwestern american there's a lot of very nostalgic positive things associated with that and america has done some tremendously wonderful things and it's, it's a blessing but i think it's also good to keep, keep in mind but that, that flag doesn't represent freedom and um deliverance and just you know greatness to all people like there's a, there's different segments of the american population that that flag um brings about other emotions now some of those are right for the right reasons, some of those are for the wrong reasons. We're not here to, to debate that. But I don't need to mitigate everyone's emotion, right? You're, you're already kind of, kind of hitting yourself in the foot from the get-go because before you even get a word out as a, as a pastor or preacher, before a song you sing a song, people are already starting to get an evaluation of what the priority here is. Yeah, I think it's just confusing.
0: Yeah, no, that, that's that's helpful. Now, um, I heard I heard one pastor say that they they opted not to because they. Um, they have realized Didn't that You with
1: the feng shui The what? The feng shui of the room You're gonna have to You know feng shui that You know what I've, that, word that I've means? never used that word Have you ever heard it used? I don't know if I have uh, Yeah I'm sure you've had It's like Like when places are decorated To a, for a certain like Mood It's uh, it's uh, actually like a I think like a Like a Chinese word Or something to me Like the The, the aura of the room Okay Yeah the feng shui okay.
0: You're a sophisticated man Rick mm. Romlich
1: in Mount Vernon, we have a lot of sophistication.
0: Um, okay, so one pastor said mm-hmm. that they, didn't, they chose not to do that because they wanted to ensure that any Christian who enters their doors, whether that person is an American or that person is from the opposite side of the world, they wanted them to, to feel like they were worshiping with family because spiritually speaking, they were. Yeah. And they felt like that the, putting an American flag up there put a, a barrier. A wall of division in some kind of way. Not that necessarily that's what it's intended to do, but you go in and you see the American flag and say, oh, these are Americans who
1: are Christians. What do you say to the people who are, you know, maybe of an older generation where it's more like this is a a very special thing, it has a lot of positive meaning, and it shouldn't be that that divisive. Like, we're just, we're, we're part of America, we're Americans, this is our flag, we're simply, you know, showing it respect, we're not placing it above scripture by any means we're not you know worshipping it or anything we're just simply saying like as Americans we appreciate the nation that God has put us in and we want to honor our leaders and one of the ways we do that we just we have our flag
0: Um, I would say yes and amen to honoring the flag Mm -hmm. to um, honoring our leaders pray for your leaders to like yes I I highly respect the flag like I am not at all an advocate for taking the flag and and um, removing it from various aspects do you have of our uh,
1: culture. Underwear that's like the flag. I do not. Uh, okay.
0: I know a friend who does. Are you really? Yeah. Um, but like that is that flag is for a unique people in a unique time in history,
1: uh, and a part of a nation that will pass away.
0: A, a nation that will pass away. Um, and and when we come to gather to worship together, I would say all of our national. Identities mm-hmm. are are stripped away. Yeah. Um, it's not that they don't matter. It's that we are coming together as the body of Christ, who is not an American, right. who St- is not uh, a European, is not English. Like, we are the universal body of Christ. And as his people gather in local expressions, mm-hmm. they are identifying with that universal body, yeah. not the country that they're worshiping in.
1: Yeah. It's, it's the, that the unity of as Christians is much higher. That plane is much higher than um, in politics.
0: Yes. Yeah, so however, go ahead.
1: we have seen of recent in American politics, how that has um, been violated, so to speak, that some people have put their politics above their unity as fellow believers.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, Jerry Falwell Jr. I was gonna say, so uh, Jerry as
1: as a graduate of, of the Liberty University,
0: yeah. So Rick um, is a resident alumnus, alumni, yeah, of Liberty. Is it the Liberty, no, University? It's just Liberty University? Liberty University.
1: So so Jerry Falwell Jr. Um, is Your president. Chancellor. Hashtag
0: my president. <laughs> hashtag he's not my president. <laughs>
1: Is the, the chancellor and president, I think, of Liberty University, which is th- the largest Christian university, I think, online and residential. I mean, they're just massive. Big school. It was started by his father, Jerry Falwell, the preacher evangelist um, in Lynchburg, Virginia. Interesting story. It mean, started in like a church with some rooms in the hallway and just kept growing and growing. Um, however, Jerry Falwell Jr. is a big supporter of Trump, 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 dumb Trump. Everything, kingdom, like everything, Trump. He's a fan of. Oh, I thought
0: you said dumb Trump. Dumb Trump. Trumped him. Trumped him.
1: Okay. Um, and two to the, not uh, to the exclusion, really, of his brothers in Christ. Two things recently. Two things recently, he has come out on Twitter, um, to to really say some, one inappropriate, untrue, and then sinful things about other brothers in Christ over their opinion of Trump. Yeah, why are so, you saying Trump? I said it twice now. Trump.
0: I don't know why you're doing that. So he came out and said something pretty nasty to David Platt. Mm. Trump, Who, Trump showed up. David,
1: David Platt is the president or is a pastor, head pastor at McLean Bible. Bible Church. When well, he was the president of He's just outside of DC, um, International Mission Board. Yep, the brilliant I-B. dude, it's the SBC's mission sending mm-hmm. arm. Um, like, you, n- nobody ever doubts like you shouldn't. I guess never doubt. But David Ply is a man of of high character, yeah, and um, he's very well respected by pretty much everybody.
0: I'm convinced that he's going to be president of a seminary someday. I kind of think, depending on how much longer Al Mohler stays at Southern, which, don't get me wrong, I'd love him to stay for a very long time, Mm -hmm. Um, but he's been there 25 years. I imagine he's probably thinking of, like, man, probably be out of here in the next 10 or 20 years. Um, I'm, I'm kind of thinking David Platt may take over Southern. That's just a long shot in the dark, but wow. that's just... I ain't never... It's, I, it's I recorded have, here now. You
1: have a prediction. I have a prediction that goes along with this stuff as well, but we're going to finish this.
0: Okay, so David Platt, um, pastor of McLean Bible Church, he preaches a sermon. They do communion, and then after, after communion, someone comes up to him and says, hey, just want to make you aware uh, the President of the United States is on his way. He's going to be here in just a minute, and he wants you to pray for him. The dude has like two minutes. Yeah, not much time to prepare for this. He had no idea it was coming, mm-hmm. um, and so President Trump gets there and he brings him up on stage. And from what I read, mm-hmm. prior to bringing him up on stage, he shared the gospel with him, yeah. shared the gospel with him, and then brought him up on on stage to pray for him as as a church. We're gonna pray for our leaders as Scripture calls us to. Mm-hmm. And dude, his prayer was. Phenomenal yeah. like it was extremely evangelistic mm-hmm. um it acknowledged the sovereignty and the authority that is that Christ has mm-hmm. uh, that no, we yeah. are under god's rule, yeah. um, not any nation's rule, and asked for uh God to show Donald Trump what the gospel is that Donald Trump would embrace it like it it was it was a phenomenal prayer, especially one that was just kind of like made up oh yeah with two minutes to like I could spend fifteen minutes maybe 15 hours and wouldn't have been able to come up with something better than that yeah. um and the dude just got berated by some people for first off praying for trump and then other people other people were upset about bringing him on stage which they're like mm-hmm. sure you could potentially make an argument for that i'm not i'm not one way or the other however the dude had two minutes to react
1: yeah i think a couple things to keep in mind he had no time to react one he was being obedient to Scripture by praying for and this is the whole like a bringing on on stage thing that's kind of tricky is he was honoring him Mm -hmm. the guy does i mean i think the man doesn't deserve the honor but the position does Hmm. and so there's this element where people like you wouldn't bring you know a widow or but it's like you're 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 throwing out a bunch of ad hominem arguments about the things you don't know you know what i mean so don't necessarily like attack him because you with uh, like circumstantial Like, what ifs? Yeah. Just, this is what happened. He had no time. Phenomenal prayer. And people were were kind of giving him some pushback. So, David Platt being, I think, the wonderful pastor and shepherd, he, he wrote this letter, and the next day he sent it to his congregation, explaining his rationale, why he did what he did. There was no apology. There was no... I made a mistake. There was nothing of that nature. Which I didn't think he needed to say. simply saying, hey, like, I understand that this may have offended some people in our body. So his primary focus was not the media or or him taking a stance on his political position. He was just saying, I I need to shepherd my body. And so he wrote this letter to his body saying, there there are some people who are hurt by this, and I understand um, why they could have been hurt, but here's why I did what I did, and I think it was right. Then Jerry Falwell, Jr., Oh my! Uh, do you have it up? Can you read the tweet? That's <sighs> what he tweets out.
0: So I I don't have it because he he deleted the tweet. So hold on. So he Keep he, talking, he more or it. less said. Hold on! Don't don't say what he said. But just.
1: Okay, so he did. What he didn't say, <laughs> were nice things, um, but and and Robert read it. But he's like he he kind of calls out David Platt for like apologizing, and David Platt n- never apologized. Yeah. He simply was shepherding his people. Listen, Donald Trump is not a nice... Okay, here it is. Per- like He's not like a saint. It, it, Jerry Falwell's reaction makes you think that Donald Trump's this great guy, that people walk away like, man, who, who could not like Donald Trump? A heck of a lot of people for very good reason. Mm-hmm. He's highly offensive. He's crude. He's disrespectful. You know, So there's all these things that elicit natural negative responses, and so David Platt had to Give the rationale for why he did what he did, which I think he did a beautiful job of that, but still, this is what Jerry Falwell jr. said in his tweet
0: yeah and and just to just to caveat what Rick said, like words is what Rob said in his yeah, tweet we know we we're conservative dudes, like yeah, we God, are on the conservative side on the conservative side of politics, neither one of us are necessarily have hitched our wagon completely to one party or the other because we recognize that it has fallen people. And so they're not always just automatically going to get our vote just because they have an R next to their name or um, I would say a D, but I think when you say conservative, they realize what we're trying to say. Yeah. Um, but here's what Jerry Falwell said. Okay. So us, us being critical of Donald Trump doesn't mean we're mm-hmm. trying to be critical of the whole Republican party or anything like that. But here's what Jerry Falwell said. He said, sorry to be crude, but pastors like David Platt need to grow a pair. Just saying.
1: Hmm. What do you mean by that, Rob? <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's like, what in the world? He said this on June 4th. And it's like, dude, what? It's terrible. First off, what a terrible thing to say. Mm-hmm. Second off, the guy was, he he prayed for Donald Trump. He didn't just tell him to get out of there. Like right. He prayed for him, and he took a lot of flack for it. I know. And then he tries to shepherd his people, and you tweet that out? Like, first off, no one asked. Right. <laughs> Second off, that is crude.
1: Yeah, and, it and, is crude.
0: And third, you're the president of a huge Christian university
1: uh, and, and seminary that and trains seminary. pastors yes.
0: and ministers. And this is what you're saying. And someone someone critiqued him on yes. on Twitter, and they said, "Like, boy, like this." He deleted the tweet, so I can't. He just see said, "More
1: like this is not the way a minister should should talk." Yeah, and, and, here, and here's it, his response.
0: Yeah. So, his response was, you're putting your ignorance on display. I have never been a minister. UVA-trained lawyer and commercial real estate developer for 20 years, university president for the last 12 years, student body tripled to 100,000-plus, endowment from zero to two billion, and 1.6 billion new construction in those 12 years.
1: That was his response. Yeah, which, um, we're all ministers of the gospel. Yes! <laughs> we're It's the priesthood of all believers. Yeah. We're all ministers. So, If anyone's, I mean, the whole process, Jerry Falwell Jr. is showing his complete ignorance, but especially with that, it's just like a magnifying glass. Like, you're showing your ignorance. I'm not a minister, and she's like, "Hey, we're all ministers." Yeah. So, so that was super inflammatory, very frustrating. That was sad, um, and and very, very sad. It was very sad. So So then, do you have it pulled up? I mean, um, so then Russell Moore, who is um, the president of the. ERLC. Religious Liberties. I think it's Religious Liberty Commission. Yes, which is a a part of the Southern Baptist Convention. Yep. Um, And I think Liberty, they used to have really strong Baptist ties. They might be Liberty is Baptist. They're they're not Southern Baptist, now. So anyway, so Russell Moore, who, um, Russell Moore is very outspoken against his, against Trump um, in the campaign, did not care for Trump. I don't think he said anything um, hateful or wrong or, or sinful. I mean, he just kind of As a Christian, this is what I see. This is why I think people shouldn't vote for Trump. Um, And keep in mind, Jerry Falwell Jr., big Trump supporter. So Russell Moore complains, or more or less sends a tweet. I don't have the tweet, but just say. I got it right
0: here. I'll read the tweet from Russell Moore. Okay, so he shared an Associated Press article. Mm -hmm. And he, he said, The reports of the conditions for migrant children at the border should shock all of our consciences. Those created in the image of God should be treated with dignity and compassion, especially those seeking refuge from violence back home. We can do better than this. Okay, let's, let's unpack that a little bit. The Associated Press released this big article, big story, about how migrant children at the border are being treated. Even if, even if this is just one place on the border, and let's say the rest of the border, they're, they've got five-star hotels, okay, which we know isn't the case, but like, let's just try to paint the best picture we can mm-hmm. here. Even if there's only one place that has that's been treating these migrant children terribly, Russell Moore is perfectly fine mm-hmm. saying this yeah. because if it was just one place which it likely isn't just one place but let's try to paint this as best we can if it is just one place it should still shock all of our consciences that right. children who are trying to escape violence back home are being treated this way yeah and so
1: it has nothing to do with the the their legal status are they legal citizens should they be? Uh, asylum seekers should they be allowed? All that stuff is yeah. that's that has no, nothing to bear on this.
0: Yes, and the, yes, there is a huge illegal, like immigrant problem and with the U.S. And yes, we want happen. that to be fixed so people can become citizens legally. Like right, okay, yes, check all those boxes. We agree with all that, but Russell Moore's is perfectly right to say what
1: he said. Then mm-hmm. Jerry Falwell responds. He said, "Who are you, he, Russell Moore?" As Twitter handle. Have you ever made a payroll? Have you ever built an organization of any type from scratch? What gives you the authority to speak on any issue? I'm being serious. You're nothing but an employee, a bureaucrat. Okay, so so hold on. So Jerry Fowell strikes again. So he like just like like who the heck are you to say anything? And this is what one pay, payroll is just simply you know, making sure people get paid. If you don't know what that is, it's it's an HR function yeah. to make sure people get paid. And he throws in like, have you ever made payroll? ever built an organization from the scratch? And just questioning the man's integrity, like, until you build something, Come talk to me. Yeah. this is exactly what the Bible is rebuking in James. I think it's chapter f- three or four when he says, "Do not show honor to the to the the man with nice clothing and put him at the table, and the the guy with with you know dirty clothes put him on the floor. You know, you show equality to all people." And here Jerry Falwell is violating that. Who are you? You have no right to say anything because you haven't built something. Yeah. So you me, don't have a seat at the me table. Me and Donald Trump, we built stuff. Yeah. We know how to do things, get stuff done. Yeah. It just, so it's just disgusting. And then the part he's like, I'm being serious.
0: (laughs) Yeah. You're nothing but an employee. Yeah. A bureaucrat.
1: So he says, what gives you authority to speak on any
0: issue? Yeah. I'm being serious. You're nothing but an employee, a bureaucrat. Like, okay, first off, if I'm an employee of Jerry Falwell. Yeah. I'm like, uh, what? Exactly. Is that how you view me? Yeah, it is. Like, I don't have any say. I don't have any seat at the table because I haven't built anything. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm just an employee. Right. Okay. Like, let's hop on some sites and find a new job. The,
1: the arrogance, um, the sheer just pride that are, that's in this these tweets is just disgusting. Yeah. So, so here is my prediction. Okay, my prediction.
0: I like your prediction. You've told me this. Whether, whether it's, I think you are right.
1: Whether it's twenty twenty four or maybe twenty twenty eight or twenty thirty two, somewhere in the near future, I think Jerry Falwell Jr. is going to run for president of the United States of America. I think he's he sees a niche. He's kind of. Um, pushing back against those who push against Trump, he's kind of aligning himself Trump-esque, but he's going to be mo- a little more conservative. He's going to have that Christian heritage background. He's going to have this great legacy, and people are going to think he's the best thing since sliced bread. Yeah. I think he's trying to position himself as a political candidate for a run for the president
0: soon. His Twitter picture looks like it's presidential. It's it's very presidential. Yeah.
1: So okay, so we say all of that. And he has a beard. Which was the last time we made a president with a beard.
0: I mean, I don't know. Bring it back.
1: Theodore Roosevelt?
0: Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't really think about
1: Abraham Lincoln. Lincoln? Ah, maybe he'll a, shave no the beard. No way, it
0: was Lincoln the last one. Okay, but anyway. Should we ask Siri? So we go on that tangent. Frustrating. Because oftentimes we blur the lines of our national identity and our identity in Christ to an unhealthy degree. Like, what? We love the country that we live in. We are proud to be Americans. We are super grateful. Like I mean, super grateful mm-hmm. for the men and women who have sacrificed their life, who have sacrificed their limbs, who have sacrificed all these opportunities to go out and fight for our country. They aren't yeah. required to do that. There was a draft, I don't know, what, World War II? Like, that was, that was the last time there was a draft? Vietnam. Vietnam, okay. So, like since then all those who have not even required but even those who were drafted like super super grateful for what they have done yeah however i'm not going to sit here and say my identity as an american is synonymous with my identity as a christian because as grateful as i am to those people who have Mm -hmm. given their lives who have given so much purchased so much for us yeah i am more grateful to my savior yeah who has given his life Mm -hmm. and not just gave his life physically, but bore the wrath of God, the father, Mm -hmm. the wrath that I was meant to experience for eternity. Mm -hmm. He bore that completely for me. I'm more grateful for that. So therefore I identify myself more with that. It's not to say that I'm not, I'm not going to say that I'm ashamed to be an American like some people. Like, I am super grateful to be in this country. I had no say as to what country I was born in into what rights and freedoms I would have. God has been kind to me to place me here. However, there are still times when we can blur those lines in unhealthy ways like we see in the Jerry Falwell Jr. case. And I'm sure he's not the only one.
1: Oh, no. Well, the other thing to keep in mind is, like, it's hard. We live in a in a in a day and age where everything's competing for our identity and our, our how we associate ourselves. But um, as Christians, our allegiance is to Christ. So we can we we fully embrace and enjoy our Independence Day, July Fourth. Yeah, and yeah. what the founding fathers did, in a sense, you know, they have created or they initiated something that um, not like they set it in motion, and here we are today. There's been a lot of shaping by other brilliant people as a kid up, I think. I think so. But they did something that was unique, and we, we can celebrate that, but we're primarily what we celebrate is Christ. So on that yeah. note... Um,
0: well, another, another like kind of haha. but it's kind of a serious question. So when it comes to the Sunday gathering, whether that was this past Sunday, June 30th, which is today where they were talking, or the next Sunday, one of those, oftentimes churches will celebrate Independence Day. Are you one for singing God Bless America or the, saying the Pledge of Allegiance or um, singing the National Anthem during the worship service? Probably not, no. Okay, flesh that out a little bit. Like, like I, I agree with you completely, but, but I think sometimes people um, who've grown up with that don't really think twice about it. No, again— so I'm, I'm not at all trying to be facetious or anything yeah, like that for churches who do that, but just flesh that out a little bit. Talk I about would, why you'd make that decision.
1: Yeah, so I would simply say that um, the Sunday gathering is for the edification of the body. It's not for the edification of Americans. Um, it's great to honor those I think who have served. I think that's a good thing. But we are here to worship Christ and put Him, uh, make Him supreme, not just in our words but in our hearts as well. So anytime you you begin to do other things again, I think it just gets really confusing. And you do that over several decades, and then people have their identity messed up, yeah. so to speak. Agreed. Cool. Cool. You got anything Couple else of, on this? Uh, yeah. Fun fact: the last president to have facial hair was um, William Howard Taft, hey, who sported a mustache during his term in the White House from 1909 to 1913. It the was last, over a hundred years ago. The last we had a president. president to have a full beard was Benjamin Harrison, who served wow. from 89, 1889 to March of 1893. Wow. The reason, probably. And little fun fact: the elections used to be in the spring. Presidential elections, not in the fall.
0: Oh, I did not know that. There
1: you go. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast brought to you by Audible. <laughs> yeah. Check out
0: uh, audibletrial.com slash theology for a free audiobook download, and we will put some show notes in the—or some links— uh, in the show notes if I can get this right um, for, from some of the things that we were talking about you can head over to our website at simpletheology.org where you can find that or you can reach out to us guys join the conversation maybe some of the stuff today you agreed with you resonate with some of the stuff that you're kind of frustrated with us about for even saying so it, please join the conversation we're not we're not trying to act like we are the end all be all authority on all this stuff uh, join talk with us send us an email at simple theology at gmail.com or you can reach out to us on our website where there's a contact form mm. peace peace out happy 4th happy 4th of july